Hello, and welcome to the first ever episode of the Seize the Yay podcast. As the title probably suggests, I love to play around with words, so to explain why we're here, I've written my intro as a poem. Bit of a nerd burger. So here it is for the very first time. Busy and happy are not the same thing. We too rarely question what makes the heart sing. We work, then we rest, but rarely we play and often don't realise there's more than one way. So this is a platform to hear and explore the stories of those who found lives they adore. The good, bad and ugly, the best and worst day will bear all the facets of seizing your yay. I'm Sarah Holloway, or Spoonful of Sarah, a lawyer turned fun entrepreneur who swapped the suits and heels to co-found Matcha Maiden and Matcha Milk Bar. Seize the Yay is a series of conversations on finding a life you love and exploring the self-doubt, challenge, joy, and fulfillment along the way. So... This episode is a quick one just to explain who I am and what this is all about to give you some context. And since I get bored of my own voice after a while, I thought a Q&A would be a bit more interesting. So I've got my mini-me, Ange, here for some casual get-to-know-you banter. Ange works in all our businesses as my right-hand woman and is one of our dearest friends. Hello, Ange. Welcome to the show. (laughs) And one of the things about this is showing the real, unfiltered, behind-the-scenes of life. And Ange will definitely bring that out because she's seen it all. So I can definitely not pretend that I'm fancy or glamorous. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm going to dig up all the dirt for everyone. Don't worry. <laughs> so over to you. Well, first things first, this is the first episode. So I feel like everyone will be asking, what does seize the yay actually mean? Everyone, like all my one listeners. Yeah. <laughs> your oh, mom, us too. <laughs> Nick, your dog. <laughs> like, no, seriously though, is it, I've always thought it was autocorrect. No, it was not a typo. Okay, we confirm, we can confirm it's not autocorrect. <laughs> Seize the yay is just my punny way to describe my life philosophy based on seize the day, but with a bit of a twist. So the word seize reminds me that everything we want is there to take. We just have to shed the self-doubt, the fear and the need for comfort. We all love our comfort zone so much. And we just, we have so much more control over our circumstances than we really think. And then I subbed in yay because I think it's not just about kicking goals or being successful, but simply being happy and just getting in touch with that childlike sense of wonder. We all take ourselves so seriously today, myself included, and just don't often stop to ask whether all the busyness and all the hustle, whether any of it actually brings us joy or whether we're actually fulfilled. So yay kind of reminds me just to stop being so serious and glorifying busy so much and take a step back and ask, am I happy? Am I yaying each day? And it also captures my belief that we can all change our lives completely and very quickly, which I've actually done over the past few years. And I'm really fascinated by hearing how people have done that and how they've crafted lives they love. I think I think seize the yay and I think yay is such a good word to use because I feel like everyone relates to it in such a positive way. I feel like it brings out everyone's inner child. I always see everyone as just big children. Yeah, which we all are. Yeah, yeah. You never feel grown yeah. up. <laughs> some people are in denial, some people are. Yeah. <laughs> and then another part of seizing your yay is that it doesn't have to be in your work. So I think there are a lot of, there's a lot of our identities being tied up in what we do. Like the very first thing you ask is what's your name and then what do you do? It's never who are you or what do you like? What makes you happy? And I really want to break down that barrier and find out who people are outside of their work. Do they have an identity outside that? Do they get their yay from starting a business and running their own show? Is it from having a job they love or is it from stuff outside that altogether? I think our lives are so linear. They're very 
work rest and we've lost that third element of play and no one does anything for no reason. We're all just like hustle, 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 goals. But we need to play again and I love hearing what people do in their spare time. Me too. I'm such a a semi-nosy, semi-stalkery. I like to know what people are like at home in their bedroom, what they do, what TV shows they watch. Life with Angie's 20 questions, basically. <laughs> <laughs> or 25,000 questions. So, but um, why a podcast? Why not, I don't know, um, continue the blog that you had? I think I've been really lucky to meet some incredible people along the way, and I do a lot of speaking, which is what I absolutely love. Which is amazing, by the way, guys. Oh, no. <laughs> and it just came about when I realized we have so many spontaneous, real and open conversations, you know, backstage or in advance of, of a speaking gig, and it never goes any further. But when you hear people's voices and their tone and you can hear that they're down to earth, it's so much more relatable. Mm. Whereas when you're writing things down, written blogs and written interviews are obviously a lot more accessible and easier to pump out obviously the production qualities <laughs> it's a lot easier and I have no idea about podcasts or doing anything related to audio but I just thought if you can hear people's voices and relate to them as humans their message is so much more powerful and laughter and laughter yeah, it's a big one isn't it and you can get you know the, to the nitty-gritty and have a good laugh about yourselves get a lot deeper into the issues you yeah. know the issues as Kim would say <laughs> and I also love that's where you you can share the shit bits, like the behind the scenes. You're not going to commit that to writing. Yeah, I'm so excited to hear all of it. You can be your true self and people can get a better idea of who you are over a podcast as well. But also, I love to learn new things and I need a steep learning curve. I'm one of those crazy, stupid people that (laughs) (laughs) loves to do hard things. And we've now, the latest chapter of our business lives has been about three years now and I just thought... Last time I tried something that I had no experience in was a really long time ago. And so podcasting is something I have no idea about. So I'm going to just throw myself in the deep end and have some great conversations along the way. Yeah. So it's going to be an awesome, awesome journey. I can kind of see it already. And you've got an awesome lineup of people that are going to be on your podcast through um, who you've met on the Match and Maiden journey which I think we should segue into now. You said you haven't done something that you don't know about in a long time, but I feel like every time you do something big, it's something that you actually have no idea about and it's huge. (laughs) So the last time you did something that you didn't, you know, you it was brand new for you. It was starting a whole new business. So people know you mostly from and because of Match Maiden. So tell us about that. What is Match Maiden? Well, I started off as a commercial mergers and acquisitions lawyer, so (laughs) a very different context to where I am now. And it was quite an accident, a really happy accident, as I think most things are. My partner, Nick, and I were big coffee drinkers. I was working 20-hour days. He's a serial entrepreneur. So yeah, we were big coffee lovers. And in my first year of, of working at the law firm, which was an absolutely amazing start to my career, great launching pad and so many learning opportunities. But I think I knew, you know, I'm equal parts uh, nerd burger and arty farty crazy person <laughs> and the creative side wasn't getting enough. Um, but I didn't know what else I wanted to do. So I, I gave it my all for the three years that I was there. And in the first year, Nick and I went to Rwanda to a school in Netanyahu, which is out in the countryside, as he'd been, one of his companies had been supporting a charitable organization that had a project there. And 
aside from being one of the most incredible things I've ever done, I got really sick with a parasite, lost oh. 15 kilos. Oh, my gosh. It was really awful. You know, the first five kilos, I was like, great way to stay in shape. Oh, my gosh. You would have been like negative three kilos. <laughs> and I was basically, you yeah, I turn on the side and pick up it. And Nick's like, where's she gone? <laughs> You're like, air. It was not a fun time. And I was, you know, I tried to keep drinking coffee, but oh. I would go into, my body was so sensitive. I'd go into complete breakdown. I'd have the jitters and like people do when they drink too much coffee but I'd get it over one so I was banned from coffee while I recovered and I got sent to my firm's headquarters in Hong Kong and over there and you're still getting over the kind of big adrenal fatigue yeah so I I ended up with adrenal fatigue and was still uh, really having to be careful and limit my activity and not overstimulating not having coffee or anything too intense Uh, I also stopped drinking at that time so there were just no stimulants going on (laughs) and uh, over there we found matcha which is basically just green tea leaves ground into a fine powder so it sounds like a buzzword but it's very very simple it's just a much more potent form that's been around for centuries in Asia it's from Japan Zen Buddhist monks use it in their meditations and it's only recently had a little revival which we like to think we had something to do with. <laughs> I think you did. I, yeah, I reckon you did. So we got hooked on it over there because it's got almost half the amount of caffeine as coffee, but it's got a unique amino acid in it called L-theanine, which makes it slow release into your bloodstream. So oh. people who are caffeine sensitive like I was can tolerate it much better. You can still sleep. My body could get a good boost of energy without having a freak out afterwards. So that got me through the long days over there at M&A. Yeah. And then we came home and couldn't really find it anywhere. There was really expensive ceremonial stuff that, you know, you'd give as a gift at Christmas. And then there were Asian groceries with um, mixed with sugar or not really labeled well. And like, I'm Asian and I don't go in there. So I can't (laughs) expect health foodies to go in there to find it. And so we decided to find some that suited us for ourselves. could only get 10 kilos and decided... It's side hustle time. Oh I had been looking that thought process. It was crazy. I just we just knew we had to get rid of some of the powder and I wanted an excuse to spend more time with Nick and to be more creative. And, you know, Nick has a full service creative agency, so he was able to knock up the online store and we had all the skills that we needed between yeah. us and we both had you know, job. So we didn't think it was a huge deal to just start something on the side. And I thought if I sell one bag on LinkedIn, I'm, I can call myself an entrepreneur and that's all I really care about. (laughs) (laughs) So we launched, started selling it online and, and it just took us totally by surprise. And now it's been three years. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. And you're not a lawyer anymore? No. Six months in, we got a big contract from Urban Outfitters, which is a big fashion giant in the US. And, you know, we were packing in our undies. Like it was the middle of summer. We're packing ourselves in a friend's commercial kitchen with like shower caps on. And I know everyone who's heard this story knows what I'm about to say, but it was like Breaking Bad, but green. Yeah. <laughs> so it. very DIY. And I just thought, how did Urban Outfitters find us? And I think because we launched on social media, we were able to grow beyond geographical boundaries really quickly and they'd seen us and they've got a lifestyle and beauty section and wanted something custom and the order was just so big that we couldn't fulfill it without someone going full time so I literally the next day had to take some leave and then just never went back (laughs) guys I'm really sick I just need to get some green powder into bags but I'll I'll be back I'll be back yeah see ya (laughs) BRB Uh, and it, yeah, I, looking back, it seems like a really easy decision, but no, I, I mean, you know me, I agonize over everything. No, but even just for the normal, just for the average person, I don't think that ever is an easy decision because from what I know, you were 
in a top tier law firm and um, you got offered an incredible, an incredible job just before Matcha Maiden yeah. launched. Yeah, so I had at the time had a job lined up, um, which is something a lot of lawyers do. They take a year, uh, a lot of people go and do a master's and then they come back or they do a judge's associateship, which is where you sit with a judge in any of the courts at all different levels yeah. and help them write their judgments. You just sit with them in court and then... Um, are basically their right-hand person for that year. And like Judge Judy? <laughs> can't, if Judge Judy had like a right-hand <laughs> woman, like right down the front, that would be, wow, that would be who job. it was. It. And it's not a career, like you can only do it for a year, so yeah. firms often give you time off because you come back with such incredible experience. Yeah. But I actually had applied for the high court, which is the highest court in the legal system, maybe six years before that. I think I was at uni yeah. and I'd gotten a no to begin with, but then they came back and said, you know, this is around when you would have started and someone's pulled out. So do you want to come back? And the judge that I'd gotten the job with turned out to be the chief justice by this time. Oh my so gosh. The- okay. So for people that don't know law again... What are the levels and how hard is it to get this position? Like how many <laughs> What are the levels? I don't like what There's diamond, <laughs> platinum and then <laughs> and then suits Bronze? right at the top. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so there's you know the the statewide courts and then there's federal courts and there's the whole hierarchy but the high court is the very the highest, highest yeah. court uh, that sits in Canberra but it also sits all around uh, the country and the chief justice is the highest yeah. judge in that system so it's a very very difficult position to get how many positions do they offer each judge has two That's per it. year and there's about seven seven judges who sit in That's the high court it. I think yeah so it was a crazy opportunity to just come out of the left field and made the decision you know I I was weighing much bigger things than I thought I would be. It is sort of a once in a lifetime opportunity. Yeah. So it was a very, very difficult time. Wow. So I feel like giving up law just in general is already a tough decision because you're so, it feels like such a stable job, like financially and kind of as a career. Yeah. And then to have this opportunity, so turning down law as well as this associateship for Matching Maiden would have been huge. Yeah, it's funny how at the time it was the scariest thing I've ever done. But looking back, the way I decide everything is, uh, am I going to regret this in 10 years? And the way I work that out is by asking, what is the thing that I can never do again? And while I can probably never do an associateship with the High Court um, Chief Justice again, I can go back to my law career because the world will always need lawyers. There will always be firms, whereas... There'll probably never be a match of boom again. We were first mm. to market, so we'll never have that position again. And the world is so ripe for small business, which it might not always be again. Like we've had a GFC, we've had lots of different climates where people can't just start businesses without experience on Instagram, but now we can. So yeah. why would you not just give yourself a chance and see what happens? And are you loving it? I love it. Good. I I'm glad. I pinch myself every day. I genuinely still wake up most days and I'm like, I can't believe this is what I do. <laughs> I can't believe how incredible it is to find something that you love almost every minute. It's yeah. all my passions and all my interests combined into one and I get to work with my partner. My mum is now full-time. Oh, so cute. <laughs> we have you and, uh, and we collaborate with our best friends who have businesses yeah. and it's a really, really wonderful place to be. That's awesome. And the really interesting thing I think about Seize the A that I've learned from my transition is that I wasn't unhappy in law. A lot of people are like, oh, the hours, that must have been crazy. But it's not. I actually really enjoyed it. I was learning. I had a stable position. I had great mentors and great opportunities and potential to do stuff with my career. You know, I worked in Hong Kong. And 
The scary thing is that you don't have to be unhappy for there to be more. And if I'd not, if this accident hadn't happened, I would have been just fine. Like, just fine. Yeah. Instead of like yaying all day. <laughs> I think people think that to make a change in their life, they have to be unhappy with where they are, but you don't. You can yeah. always go further and always find greater fulfillment um, if you just explore. And we don't explore because we're too comfortable. Mm, we are a little bit comfortable, aren't we? Sitting in our pajamas in your office. Anyway, <laughs> which is our favorite way to be. We do not have a corporate uniform policy of Match Maiden. <laughs> um, well, now that we know what you do, as you said at the start, very start, people always ask what you do, but no one ever really asks who you are. So why don't we spend the rest of the time that we have getting to know Sarah Holloway? Because I feel like people think they know you from your Instagram. <laughs> and that's what I thought as an outsider looking in. I was like, yeah, I know her whole life. I know she's got lots of chins in her bloop reels. <laughs> if you don't follow me, I do this segment called bloops, which is every time I post a nice photo that's like all posed and beautiful, I feel guilty about it. <laughs> so I cancel it out with posting on my stories, all the outtakes of like the 50 chins when I first turned my camera around and it was on selfie camera and I didn't know and all my chins are there or <laughs> all those mid facial expression ones that are just awful. Or like wind and face and hair or up wind nose. wind face, hair up nose. <laughs> um, yeah, so your childhood. So you're obviously Asian, but your parents are full Australian. Yes. Or whose baby did they steal <laughs> at the hospital? So I do this thing where I think that what's in my brain has been translated to everyone else's brain without me actually saying it. I'm like, who hasn't heard this story yeah. before? But apparently lots of people haven't. So I was adopted from Korea when I oh, was okay, five months sense. old. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I was born in Taegu City and then... Elizabeth and William Holloway flew to Korea to pick me up from the orphanage in Seoul when I was five months and then flew me home. And I got here on the 29th of August How in co- 1989. So cool. <laughs> and I grew up here. I've been back once when I was four to pick up my younger brother, who was also adopted from South Korea, but had a different biological family. But we have the same birthday, even though he's four years younger. Oh, my God, you guys are twins. Oh, my God, that's so exciting. <laughs> yeah, it's a crazy coincidence. The Koreans are Buddhist and they believe everything happens for a reason and the child chooses the family. So we think that's a really lovely part of our history. Oh, that is really nice. And then we went back in 2002 for the Soccer World Cup and I haven't been back since because there was a little bit of a, an issue with uh, <laughs> the military service and my eligibility, but uh, we haven't sorted that out yet. Oh. So that's quirky. Yeah, imagine you in the military. <laughs> I am not a quirk. That's a bit intense. I'm not a quirk. <laughs> <laughs> um, so do you have a Korean name? I do. I have three middle names and my initials actually spell S-A-S-A-H, so almost my name. Sasa Holloway. Yeah. <laughs> so it's Sarah Alexandra Songa Holloway, which sounds pretty close to Sarah, but they didn't know that my Korean name was Songa when oh, my parents chose my name, which is so pretty good. cool. Another coincidence. What does it mean? I'm sure I'm sure there's some really great meaning that you can get tattooed on yourself. Oh, something. yeah. It's like rainbow circle, happy fun, joy. Oh, my God. That's the same as me. <laughs> Totally joking. (laughs) I don't know what it means. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so since I was younger, I've been 
equal parts nerd burger and arty farty for my whole life. I love food. I've always loved languages, the arts. I was a ballerina. That was actually my first career, which I did all the way through to professional level. Oh, until... so when, when, how old were you when you were a professional ballerina? Early teens. And then I finished when I was 15. And when I realized I had to finish school and also boys and parties and stuff were more fun. <laughs> of course. But you danced with the Australian ballet, didn't you? I did. Not the Korean one? No, not the Korean one. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so actually it's so funny. With the totally Anglo <laughs> surname, Sarah Holloway, and the way that, you know, I sound, I had so many interviews when I was at the law firm where people would obviously expect an Anglo-Saxon yeah. person and then this fully blown Korean person would just rock up like, hey. <laughs> They're like, no, sorry, we're after Sarah Holloway. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's me. Yeah, so uh, always been arty farty. Yep. Yeah, I've always loved food. I've always loved travel. And yeah, always been a total batshit crazy cat. <laughs> so cute. Okay, so childhood was awesome. And then we go on to your high school. And this is when the boys started to come in, and you were apparently the queen of the club scene. I was queen of the duck clubs. <laughs> it's so, it's complete opposite, opposite of what where you are now because you're in this big health and wellness industry and world. But yeah, Nick and I, Nick's my fiance. We actually met in a nightclub that he used to run. So very classy beginnings. Been through lots of phases in my so life. Good. I think the most well-rounded people are the ones who have had multiple oh, iterations yeah, sure. of themselves. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I was pretty into partying and boys at school and then at uni. But I was still also the nerd. Never yeah, you were died. So, I you did were so academic the... and so co-curricular. I can't even so co-curricular. <laughs> did all the instruments, all the things. Things, all the sports. All what, the what instruments did you play? I played flute, piano, guitar, drums, uh, trumpet. Trumpet? That's not very Asian of you. <laughs> That's not very anything of yeah. me, really. And you and were in a band. I was in you? a band. The only reason Ange knows this is because <laughs> I went to school with her older sister and I met her when she was six. And then she came around years later, just after she finished school and wanted to get more into health and wellness and became an intern for Matcha Maiden. So she knows all the dirt from <laughs> high school years. Yep. And actually probably deserves an episode of her own. So a little segue. No, you don't want that. Uh, <laughs> and also has her own business, founded to empower young people, is a very clever physio student, has ridden 800 kilometres from Adelaide to Melbourne for charity, all on her own for her 21st birthday. Like when I was 21. I don't know. I'm not even going to talk about what I was doing <laughs> when I was 21. <laughs> but just so you know who you're dealing with at the other end of this. So, yeah, went to school with her older sister and we had a band, which was a really fun time. Yeah, so cool. You can act. Yeah, I don't know guys. if cool is the way to describe it. No, we are not on YouTube and no, you can't look it up. Guys, I'll put in the show notes. They're on YouTube. I'll send you all the link. <laughs> <laughs> so that was me. I was very naughty for the first three years at school. Yeah, the teachers pretty much said... You're a lost no cause. Hope. Yeah, I wagged. I was. Yeah. <gasps> and you went to a very academic school as well. We did go to a very academic school. It was a select entry school. And for people that don't know, select entry means that you have to pass an exam to get into the school. But then in year 12, you, you don't have to talk about this bit. You turn it all around. <laughs> it's my favorite thing to it's tell people. It's like a people. Cinderella story. No, I th I, it's my favorite thing to tell people. I'm just going to briefly say. I don't tell anyone. And I tell everyone. Sarah. Ended up turning it all around, worked really, really hard because that's who she is. She just works really hard for everything and ducked year 12. <laughs> so embarrassing. Don't pretend like it didn't happen. 
<laughs> yeah. I still love the story. I love telling it because I just think it's it's not that important, but I just feel like to paint your picture, it's important because sometimes you're not intelligent, but you actually are. Yeah, the other day Nick was laughing about how someone thought ponies were baby horses and he thought it was hilarious and he turned around and I was just like, <gasps> what? what? My whole childhood was a lie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm not straight smart. <laughs> but you did 99.95 oh, year 12, which I think, and I think a lot of people will appreciate to know that about you, even though you hate talking about it because yes. you're so modest. Because I'm such a nerd. It's just geek-tastic, really. Well, I love it. <laughs> but we can move on. We can move on. So that was pretty much your high school experience. Then you went to uni. You studied law. Yep. Did law and arts. I did languages. Right. And how many languages do you speak? Uh, I studied three. So I did French, Japanese, and Chinese at uni. And then Italian and Spanish I kind of picked up because they're very similar to French, which I speak fluently because I lived there for quite a while. I just love learning new languages. Um, and then, yeah, so you we spoke about you being into law. You got into law and then you got the associateship and then founded Match Made and Match Milk, but now we're here. Yeah. So I don't think we talked about uh, Matcha Milk Bar, but... Oh, Mat- yeah, we didn't. Yeah, so after a year into Matcha Maiden, yeah. we opened a physical venue called Matcha Milk Bar, which was Australia's first uh, specialty matcha cafe and is also uh, quite a trailblazing plant-based venue. So we have vegan eggs. I think we were one of the very first to do a vegan egg. Uh, we've got all the rainbow lattes. And again, that came about... It was a happy accident just being open to new opportunities when our business partner who actually studied law with me, an old friend of mine, Mark, and his brother, Atil, they're hospitality heavyweights. Mark lasted three weeks at the firm instead of three <laughs> years like me. And uh, they were in the States looking at food trends and we were in the States looking at drink trends and we realized that the two main trends were matcha drinking and plant-based eating. And the one thing that unites those two is the Blue Zones research, which is the five areas of the world where people live dramatically longer than anywhere else and in very, very small geographical areas. So people have studied a lot about what in their lifestyle makes them live so much longer. And one of the things is a majority plant-based diet, not because of any animal cruelty or ethical considerations, but purely sustainability. And also Okinawa, which has the most 100-year-olds in Japan, like the most 100-year-olds of all the world, yeah. and it's in Japan, their extra longevity is due to matcha drinking. Ah, yeah. how cool. So we decided as a pop-up, just as an experiment, to do a plant-based venue that was based on sustainability yeah. and longevity, taking all the heat out of the vegan debate, which sometimes obscures the really important messages and statistics oh, yeah. about s- sustainability and make it more appealing to the mainstream, really Instagrammable and lots of fun. And that took off as well, which has yeah, been super that exciting. so crazy. Yeah. The, um, the Hemsworths were the there. The Hemsworths came and they loved it and we ended up at their New Year's party. Oh, my gosh. Which was amazing. With so, Miley. I freaking love Miley. Yeah, so oh. genuinely, like literally every day, I'm like, what am I doing with my life? How is this all happening? From this little hermit lawyer into this, I'm going to... I'm gonna just go to the Hemsworths Christmas party. <laughs> which so is, weird. <laughs> I still Thor was my favourite person in the whole world. And from the outside looking in, it looks super glamorous. But were there any downsides? Every day. <laughs> <laughs> it's running your own show really is a roller coaster, especially yeah. working with your partner who you live with as well. And you know, we're co-parenting a golden retriever. <laughs> no, but really, it is such a roller coaster. There's self-doubt every day. It's really up and down. And one day 
you're on top of the world with all your ideas and creativity and loving your life. And the next day it's a total crash because everything's coming at you. And one of the big things for me personally as well is I think a side effect of a really active, creative excitable brain is that I get really bad anxiety and that rains on my parade all the time and I've learned how to manage it but I go from totally fine to having days where I'm in the fetal position and I just can't get up my solar plexus like in my stomach is completely knotted I'm so fascinated by anxiety Mm. so I didn't know what it was until I met you just Mm. because I didn't it's still I, a bit stigmatized yeah, and people but, don't talk about it that and much. And also symptoms-wise, you don't actually – there's no general symptoms. Yeah. Um, like what do you go through or how do you know? Yeah. One of the big things I used to think was that people were just stressed. I was like, stop being anxious. Yeah. Like just do happy things and you'll be fine. But then it hit me, you know, as I got older, I think, as I started to work full-time and have more stresses of life and adulthood and all that stuff. My first manifestation of it was a full-blown panic attack, which is really physiological. Like you think it's all in a mental thing, yeah. but a panic attack isn't just freaking out my arms go numb wow yeah my heart rate starts to like my breathing goes weird and just and just happens like just, just comes on you also think that anxiety is triggered by being anxious or things yeah. that would make you anxious but sometimes it just comes on for no reason like in the in a public place and the world just feels like it's crashing down around you I actually wrote a blog post about it recently because I don't think people know mm, that no. it's physical I actually thought I was having a heart attack it's that much a physical response yeah um but that's one of the you know worse manifestations and that's not very often for me on a more regular basis it's just random times during the week having lulls in motivation being really tired and that clenched feeling so the best way to describe it is say for example someone called you and said something's happened to someone who you really love yeah but we don't have any details and then they hang up and that bit where you're just waiting like it's anticipation you're just Mm. waiting to you know something bad's happening but you don't know what that's the feeling that you just get for no reason and it just stays there until it goes. Oh, man. And you learn strategies to deal with it. So I meditate twice a day. Yep. I'm getting much better at knowing that that's not when I want to be outward facing. So I don't do events or I don't do speaking gigs on when I know that I'm having a bit of a tough time with it. I think I used to just ignore the signs completely. I have actually had a really bad crash since. Yeah, you did. Yeah, two years ago, we had been doing the business for a year and... I just went too hard, too fast. I'd gone from a really structured working environment, which was very long hours, but very clear when you mm. finished work. And Matcha Milk Bar was alive and thriving and And running, yeah. We yeah. just added a second business to the mix. And when you love what you do, there's no incentive to take a break because yeah. you're getting the benefit of all your work and you love it. And it's so much fun. And it doesn't feel like work because you're just hanging out with mates at a cafe, mm-hmm. but you're on in your brain all the time. And mm. that's when I was getting those little kind of anxious bouts of down moments and ignoring them completely. And how long was that crash? Three to six months. It really knocked me out completely. My big theory in life now is that we have developed technology and science and the digital era to make life be able to go so quickly and so fully like it's full all the time Mm. of stimulation but our bodies haven't had time to evolve and develop to catch up with it we've just really created this huge chasm yeah Yeah, a huge lag time and that's why everyone has anxiety because we're not built to cope with this much stimulation and also it's increasingly widespread so the stigma is dropping we're realizing it's really common and it's a completely normal side effect of today's busy life so i'm learning now to find ways to cancel that out yeah and to combat it as much as i can because you can go out so hard and make your business massive but it's not sustainable because if you crash 
then you can't do anything. It's like you'd rather go 80% all the time instead of 100% and, and then, then zero. zero for yeah. three to six months. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? I have to put this in real quick too. Sarah is co-founder of Matcha Maiden with Nick and Matcha Milk Bar with Nick and a, a group of friends. But people always forget that Spoonful Sarah is also a brand and also <laughs> takes a lot of time. Like you do speaking events, you have to manage all these accounts and kind of be present in all of them and then be a normal human at the same time and then be, you know, a fiancé and then be a daughter and be a mother to Paul and a gardener. <laughs> Apparently she's a gardener now. <laughs> well, that's that's what I do. So to make it all possible, and now I've obviously added a podcast. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> the way that I am learning to fit it all in and be present all the time when I'm out doing these things is I have to have hermit time. Yeah, and that's that's the whole premise of Seize the Yay. That's yeah. how you got through it, right? It's yeah. just pretty much prioritizing the yay. Yeah. Mm. Rather than just hustle. Yeah. yeah which is also yay in its own way, but I've really had to slow it down and um, I do things now that are f- just for pleasure. So, yeah. and that distract your brain wholly so that you can't be on your devices at the same time. So, I've been doing gardening. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the gardening. Puzzles, uh, board games. Yeah. So, what do you. It's gone back to really tactile things. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the happier times then now. So, you actually gonna, you're going to have segments on Seize the Yay that break down pretty much the components of everyone's lives. So, it's people's the way to Yay. So, how people got there, which yeah. we've covered. The nay to yay. So yeah, kind of the, that's my favourite. The, <laughs> the barriers. And then my favourite part play is yay. play to yay. And that's when you kind of, you're going to break down the barriers of or strip back the person to whoever they really are and get all the fun information and in terms of, you know, tell us the weirdest things about you. Yeah. Right. So let's do that now. Yeah. Um, we'll probably just do some like quick fire questions because yeah. I feel like I know the questions that will just get all the, yeah, the we'll dirt from you. We could go on for ages. <laughs> okay. okay. Easiest one first. Yep. Favorite color? Black. I'm such a Melbourne girl. Oh, you're such a Melbourne girl. <laughs> I've been trying to get Sarah into color. Oh, okay, fine. Peach. If I had to choose a color, like apricot peach. Okay. Yeah, nice. Favorite fruit? Oh, apples, obviously. Oh, yeah. Fuji? Pink lady. Ooh. Favorite number? Five. Biggest pet peeve? Ooh. Mm. People who walk slowly three wide on the footpath so yeah, you can't get me. around. That's yeah. definitely me. It's I like... have to cycle next to Sarah because she walks so fast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fast walker. <laughs> Favorite pastime? Ooh. Mm. Pottering. I just love pottering around the house. Just like just walking up and down. Yeah, just pottering. Playing. You know, we have a golden retriever. Like, um, life yep. is never boring. Yep. He's, you know, the most. So our dog is called Paul. He's super needy. He's got his own personality. He wears costumes. He's great. He's a great time. So he's my favorite pastime. Um, this is something people, people don't know about Sarah. She watches cartoons <laughs> to fill her time. <laughs> no, I watch a lot of TV. So for a wellness person, in wellness, people are like, you can't have a TV in your room. You can't have your devices in your bedroom after blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I love crappy crime shows. They just, they distract your brain just enough that you're interested in the plot. So you're not thinking about but you the, know, work, but they're not too hard. But the genius side of you, Sarah's like, yeah, they're crappy, but she watches like house and, and CSI learn about and NCIS and she'll just start pulling all this. Amyloidosis. And, yeah, yeah. All, all these like pathologies out to me. She's like, and I know this and this and this anatomy term. And I'm like, that's not giving your brain a break. I mean, I also watch like cartoons. Cartoons. Yeah. So we're loving the show recently called Bear Bears, which is just this cartoon about three bears. And then they stack on top of each other when they watch. It's really cute. <laughs> 
<laughs> Weird. Yeah. yeah. What is favourite book? Harry Potter. Absolutely. Favourite artist? Mm. Artist music? Artist music, paint? music, yeah. So also with parents who grew up in the 60s and 70s, I don't know whether to say like the real musos or like the modern day. Whoever you... Look, I'm pretty obsessed with Justin Bieber. Oh, yeah, he's pretty cute. Even though he's a bit of a hobo at the moment. (laughs) I mean, I hope he doesn't hear this. Not that he would, but... (laughs) Surprise, he's the next guest. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I love Swedish House Mafia. Swedish House, yeah. Kelvin Harris. Yeah, big house girl. Um, Favourite food? Nut butter slash avocado. Almond or peanut? Oh. I love food. I have I have issues with food. I sleep eat. Yes, yes. Okay, so Sarah sleep eats. So the last part that or the first thing that Sarah will ask all of her guests is what makes you down to earth? And I really like that because it normalizes people because yeah. you know there's there's big celebrities and successful people but really they're just people. And so having that question of what makes you down to earth is really cool. So, what makes you down to earth? Oh, when I'm this- really excited about an idea, I take my phone into the toilet. <laughs> I can't help it. I just don't want to break my focus. I think we all do. Just no we, one admits it. We, it's pretty gross. We but. all do. I have a full highlights reel of me on the toilet. So Yeah, but you're, you're special. <laughs> I think we also have a little bit of audio from my mum, who's super shy. Yeah. Because it was surprised Sarah and brought her mum in. Elizabeth Holloway, the legend and like Sarah will be asking all of her guests, we decided, or I decided, that it would be really nice to see what Elizabeth thinks makes Sarah down to earth. So, Elizabeth? She still reads Harry Potter, loves Harry Potter. Yep, favourite book we've just discovered too. <laughs> um, would go above and beyond for anyone in her family. And really she's just, um, I know we use this term down to earth, but She's a person who doesn't think what she, you know, that she's achieved great things. She's just always looking around for something to do to either extend what she's doing or to move on to another thing to do. I just thank God every day that I adopted her. <laughs> Can I just finish off with one thing, Angela? Of I don't know if it's said before, but she did have a pretty rugged start because on the plane on the way home, I dropped her off the changing <laughs> table down the wall. <laughs> And had to squat under the changing table to grab her, feed her through into my arms. So she survived So she is a miracle baby. She is. So, yeah. So these are all the elements of me seizing my yay. I hope you've enjoyed today and this little get-to-know-you banter session. Thank you so much, Ange, for helping reveal all. No was. And I'm so excited to share it all with you. I'm hoping to be releasing a new one every week, but trying also not to say natee too much and overcommit. So we'll see how we go. But I'm so excited and hope that you are all seizing your yay. And I'll have to add, because she's so new to this game and I love podcasts, if you love it and you will and you follow Sarah and you want to keep following, make sure you subscribe because otherwise it's just one person listening. Are you going to listen? <laughs> <laughs> so make sure you just subscribe and then follow her at Spoonful of Sarah, which is at Spoonful underscore of underscore Sarah. And I think you that's where you'll be announcing the release dates. Yeah, I decided I already run about six Instagram accounts yep. and one more is going to be too much, so I'll just be posting everything on Spoonful. Perfect. Thanks for Thanks listening. Thanks so much, guys. <laughs>